welcome back. It's Stephanie Postal, CEO of Mission, and I'm yeah, joined by Albert, Woo-hoo, my co-host, my forever co-host. Now, the panda, you're in it. Panda, <laughs> big panda. Man, okay, uh, so those last two episodes, I was kind of thinking about them, and we went a lot of roller you know, we coaster. Went through a lot, a L- lot yeah. up. Then you go down. A lot of up. Lot of go down. It's like a violent roller yeah. coaster, too. Like, the accounts are yeah. hardcore. <laughs> Have you seen those videos where people are, like, slashing around, like, ah, on a roller coaster? That was us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, man. And now I'm about to puke. Just kidding. But I think I would like to go back and, like, in hindsight, and I asked this. I want to ask this question because I always do it to my Up Next in Commerce guests. Like, anyone I'm interviewing, I'm always like, what would you do different after that? And so I think we should do that to ourselves. We should ask ourselves that same question, like looking back on everything that we've experienced since 2019 and all these roller coasters and like, like we have good case studies here of maybe how someone should avoid the pitfalls of like what happened with us. And some of it was out of our control. Like when you don't own, you know, enough equity in a company, you can't really control things or certain things that you can't really control. But like as a founder coming into this all over again, I want to hear maybe some thoughts of like how you would do things differently or what you learned where now it's actually influencing what we do today differently. Yeah, no doubt about it. So one of the things that I, I, you know, I always preach and I think this was actually, you know, what happened at mission was a, a microcosm of this is that I think there's a big difference between opportunity and likelihood to succeed. So, and this goes back to the studio because this, the studio really felt like it started us in the wrong path. And that was buying Mm -hmm. that grocery store. Uh, It was a grocery store at the time, convenience store at the time. The whole idea was to move all the equipment out. It was centrally located right next to all the VCs. We're going to turn this into a stage. Uh, There's going to be live audience, live tapings. The bet was people are going to want to see their, their, you know, tech influencers or people that they admire uh, tell their story. And I think those are all things that possibly could have happened. But I think that reaffirmed one thing is just like opportunity and execution. They don't mean – if there's no execution, it doesn't matter what the opportunity is because you're not going to win. And I think that's a big lesson for everybody. It's like if you're not – if you're not really ready – to dedicate resources to ensure that whatever it is you're trying to do in addition to what you're currently doing is going to succeed, you probably won't succeed. Like, we, you know, things that weren't thought out, like who's going to operate the store, how long, how often they got to be there, when is it going to get set up, who's going to move all the equipment. Like none of these things were planned for prior to the contract being signed. And so when we took hold of that studio, it was like we recognized it's not easy running a coffee shop. It's not – I mean, mm-hmm. what, it's, it, it was total – uh, hubris to think that, oh, we could run a coffee shop that could pay for itself and then yeah. add a studio on top like that. Like all the licenses that I was trying to get, like the health department it's stuff, crazy. things that were so outside of our realm. Like, yeah. 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 And it, it felt it just like, who we go to order supply? Like it was just, we took, we took on so much extra burden to experiment there. Um, mm-hmm. It was in hindsight and easily something like I would say for anybody who's like, you know, and I, and I, someone told me this example and I live by it, but like probably like two of the companies that use more cardboard boxes than anybody in the world are Walmart and Amazon. Why don't they make their own cardboard boxes? They could, they probably could save, I mean, their cardboard bills probably in the billions, right? But it's like, yeah. they don't want to be, they don't want to be good at it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they don't want I mean, to be good at it. there's opportunity. Literally there's opportunity everywhere. Like you do yeah. just 
be able to fully plan and prepare. But something that's coming to mind now, which I'm like tying it back to, okay, how does this influence us today is this whole concept of these little bets and experiments that actually you kind of spearheaded at Mission where yeah, the, because we took huge experiments back in 2019, 2020 yeah. that were like <laughs> horrible. And now we have gotten into this mentality of how do we do little experiments? They have what you gave, you give the team members three months. Uh, well, maybe you go through the process of how people think through these little experiments because I think it's actually super helpful and relevant to anyone, even a startup, even a big company. Like I can see how this could, yeah, really work. Yeah, it's a play. I mean, it's a playbook straight out of uh, Thirty Seven Signals, and if you guys follow, they use a model called Shape Up, where they tell people, "Hey, you got to ship something in six weeks," and they don't really. There's not really a destination, but it allows the people that the people that work on these projects to have creative freedom to think like, "Okay, how could I accelerate the product?" And they ship it, and they you know they they see like do customers like it and so on. But the idea behind it is, it's a small enough bet where if it's wrong you can shrug your shoulders and shake it off. And if it makes a noticeable impact, it'll also guide your future. And so that's something we really, really wanted to implement coming into this year. And I think we'll have to, I mean, we're now faced with a different circumstance, so we'll have to go down that path. But I think that, you know, yes, opportunities everywhere, but it still holds true. Execution is everything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I like to, you know, you know me, Steph, I like using a lot of examples, but like when I think of like Chick, I always cite Chick-fil-A, right? I do. And a lot of I people cite like Chick-fil-A, it. like Alex Ramosi loves citing yeah, Chick-fil-A, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? They And they talk about like, you know, they if they expanded their menu, if they did, you know, a seventh day, uh, they of course are famously not open on Sundays, they could do mm-hmm. so much more. It's like, could they? You know what I mean? Like, and do they want to? Like, they clearly yeah. don't want to. Like, like, this isn't about opportunity. This is about running the best business they can possibly run. And, you know, some people surmise that the scarcity of Chick-fil-A, because it is only available six out of the seven days, makes it also more in demand. Because you know, on Sunday, can't you can't it. eat it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, so that's kind of where we get at. Like, if you look at every really successful business, whether it's big or small, like whatever you aspire to have, yeah, they could do other things. They could increase their product portfolio, service portfolio, whatever, and probably generate more money. But if you're not really willing to figure out if you're going to be good at that, then it's probably a bad bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's what overwhelmingly I think that's that we've learned is like if you make too big of a bet, it's just actually a problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I, I like the concept too. Like right now when – I mean, when Albert had this concept of like, hey, let's get our team members all working in these like little experiments, making these bets, kind of distributing and making it like a more decentralized approach of like people trying different things that they're excited about. But what I liked about it, because at first I was like, I do not want a thousand things going on in this company that people are trying to pull me into and like asking for help. And I liked it because you're kind of that gatekeeper, which I think is an important part within a company of like, who is that person who's going to approve that idea? who has a lot of knowledge to think about it from many different angles. It's like you and I work together very closely. So you already know what I probably would be okay with and what I like wouldn't be okay with. So you already know a lot about that. But then you're also encouraging the team members, like how big of an impact will this have? And I know you pushed back on quite a few team members when they came with an idea of maybe saving, I don't know, $100 a month or something where you're like, hey, that's not thinking big enough. Like show me something bigger of like how will this impact the whole company? How will this have exponential upside and so i think that part in this whole like experimental bet idea is 
having a gatekeeper who is kind of the one who gets to approve projects um, or push that team member to think bigger and then track them three months later to be like, did you actually get the results that you promised? And either way, it's actually okay. Whether you fail or whether you succeed, just make sure we tell the team what happens so we're all learning together through these little bets. So I think that's a crucial piece in this. So it's not just like chaotic experiments running everywhere. So I'll give anybody two rules, two simple rules that we we use to govern it um, and and we will continue to use to govern it. Uh, the first one is don't pull me down, meaning whatever your bet is, it cannot pull the company down. Like you need a couple hundred yep. bucks or whatever to invest in it, that's fine. But you can't pull someone else down. Uh, you can't bog someone else down with labor. You you're like your bet can't be, oh, well, if Stephanie just did this like with her time, I'm like, wait a second, that's that's resource intensive. I mean, I'm not saying it won't work, but like you sound like you're pulling me, you know, pulling something down. And then yeah. two is like, what are you creating? This concept that it's got to be big. It's got to be big and worth doing. So, um, you know, one of our one of our colleagues is like, hey, I want to replace a piece of software with another piece of software. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but even if you do it, like nothing will happen. Do you know what I mean? Like it's project management software. And because, and I, and I asked the question, like, are we missing deadlines today? No. How much time does it take us to do it? It's like, it doesn't take us that much time to do it today. And then it's like, well, how much difference is the price? And like the price is like $30 less. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like it's worth doing at all. Um, but yeah. then the same person came back and said, Hey, but I think there is tooling out there that could accelerate us. Like, and I was like, like what? So, and then she found a uh, transcript, like a, uh, transcription as well as video editing software. So we put that to the test. Okay. Now this looks like something that can actually carve out a lot of hours, like significant hours for, and cost less. Mm-hmm. It was a win. Um, moving to notion. I think Notion's a pain in the butt, but it I does like deliver. Notion. Why do you think it's a pain in the butt? I think it's I great. Don't, listen, I'm old. I don't like learning new you things, are. but I don't doubt. Grandpa don't like per- nothing new. Yeah, it, it, I didn't doubt it at all that it presented a better experience for our, uh, our customers to see yeah. their data without investing in a data, data visualization tool. So I was like, I can see a lot of upside. I think it's worth the pain. I think it's worth moving. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I just evaluate things. It's like, what is my upside? It's gotta be substantial. You know what I mean? Like if you're saving a hundred dollars, like it's not enough. I just think it's not enough. Um, you want to yeah. do something that can transform a business or lead to a new customer. So like having better visualizations can lead to a new customer. Having faster editing in video can transform a business. Um, saving a couple bucks, couple mm-hmm. seconds it's good yeah. but we're not nike you know what i'm saying like if you're a giant manufacturing company and you're trying to shave seconds off of something that's done millions of times a, a year then yeah that matters for sure yeah. but we're not we're small team small services team so like that that's how i kind of view what kind of bet to make is you know what's just number one don't pull anyone down number two like how much can you amplify this business whether it's time savings money savings or new lines of business um it's super I don't know. It's unclear, but you can kind of guess with just a handful of questions to be like, what kind of impact could it have? Yep. Yep. Okay. That one's good. All right. So don't take big bets, little experiments, but do it in the, like a calculated way. That's yeah, good hindsight yeah, not, and not, a good yeah, lesson. Don't take crippling bets, I would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Oops. of course you got to take some big ones, but um, yeah, yeah. You, your bet shouldn't cripple you, which by the way, I think you guys have saw like Amazon is now closing. It's a, like Alexa division. It's like a billion. Mm-hmm. It's they've spent multiple billions of dollars. Lacey, our producer, she hit at the dead horse theory not too long ago. Like at big companies, like they kind of, even though the horse is dead, they kind of keep forcing the idea because they have resources mm-hmm. behind it. Um, yeah. 
that's the kind of thing that only a big company can take. You know what I mean? Like yep. a big company can be like, okay, Alexa didn't work out. We thought everyone would want a voice speaker in their house. We were wrong. But they didn't learn like that Google, lesson from taking like pushing things forward, like Google Podcasts. No. The Google chat room thing. No. But like you would see these teams just like loading Google along Plus? and I'm like Google Plus. Like it just like, stayed we need to be a social network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're they're at it. They're you're you're at it and you're at it and you're like, if we just do one more feature, if you do one more thing. And I think that's why I like, you know, I, I like listening to certain people that, you know, I'm I'm a bit of echo chamber of them, but it's said by um, DHH says it was like you don't need to measure big impact, meaning you would see it. Like you would be so obvious. You don't need tools to see it. And so I can just imagine back at Google, like when they're doing Google Plus, like, oh, if we just change this one feature, oh, yeah. uh, you know, pluses went up by uh, 1.2%. I'm like, bro, we're getting fucking smoked by Facebook yeah. and Twitter and all the other social networks. Like kill this thing. They could have said yeah. it earlier, but they clearly didn't. <laughs> Yep, yep. And for anyone who does not know who is DHH, because I know you love him and name drop him yeah. a lot, but some people listening are probably like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, David Heinemeyer Hansen. He's the co-founder of Ruby on Rails, and he's, of course, the co-founder of 37 Signals, which makes the software product base camp. But he's actually in the developer community more famous for Ruby on Rails, which mm-hmm. multiple huge companies are built on Ruby. Yep. And the guy never tried to monetize it. He just, I wrote this language here. You can have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he came on IT Visionaries, the show you host, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Baller. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so that's a good hindsight one. Um, all right. I mean, I'm trying to think about, like, to me, there's so many good lessons. Mine yeah, yeah. What about, what about you? What like, about you? What would you do different? If you, if, if you had a time machine and you got to go mm-hmm. back in time, let's go yeah. back to 20, end of 2019, start of 2020. You get to give yourself a piece of advice, but you only get to give one. What are you telling yourself? I would. Man, mine is just, and I feel like this is a saying that everyone says. So, like, it feels overused. But I honestly would go back and tell myself to ask for help. Like, not keep it so secretive what was happening and just go and ask more people for help and advice and just, like, guidance. Because I just saw the impact that had here when I did it in Austin of just like asking for advice and not caring who knew what, just being like, I just need help. I did not do that in 2020. It was, I mean, it was just basically me and you and my bestie Jenny. Like that's basically it, who really kind of knew the ins and outs of what was happening. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know who to ask for help with. And I was just very timid back then. So I would say now if I were to give anyone advice, like it's asking for help and asking for connections. Um, I mean, even the other day I was meeting up with one of my friends here in Austin, uh, she owns this company called Higher Dose, and they have these like pemph mats and saunas that they've licensed everywhere. And she was like, the best thing I ever, like the best advice I've ever gotten was just to ask for help right away. And she's like a master at it. I mean, I, I asked her for a connection and she puts me connected with 10 different people. And she's like, see, that's how this works. Like you just ask for what you need and I will help you. And I'm like, I don't know why something so basic didn't come easy to me back in 2020 and why I just felt like I had to, act like everything was good and hold all these, you know, juggle all these balls at once and just pretend things were fine um, from the outside while I was really dying in the inside. But yeah, just asking for help and support um, and not feeling like it's like a burden on people. And yeah, that'd be my advice to a lot of people now. So how would that change? I wonder, I wonder. How would it change? I want, it's curious because you don't know what advice you would have gotten. I wonder like how it would have changed potentially. Um, I know. 
Yeah, I mean, are... I think back then, if I would have told people what was going on, I think I would have been advised to get a lawyer back then. I mean, if you think about the crazy things that were happening back then, I did not get a lawyer. I was just kind of like trying to do it on my own. I was writing up documents on my own, like how to like, you know, transition mission. And so I think someone probably would have told me like, hey, you should probably have support to make sure you're getting into. <laughs> it's like an actual good agreement. Um, so that'd be the first thing that probably would have been suggested that I just wasn't even thinking about. Cause I'm like, we had never worked with lawyers. I had never, I've never even got a parking ticket, a speeding ticket. Like, so I did, my first thought is never to just find a lawyer. Um, but now I think that probably would have helped guide things a little bit more that could have maybe prevented some of the chaos this year. Um, that would have been one thing. And yeah, I think probably just encouragement would have helped back then. Like the thing that I get now from people a lot, um, like I think about, a couple of my friends here in Austin who have had many companies and like texting me and like when things were ha going, you know, going pretty shitty towards the end of 2022, um, people texting me and being like, you know, you've got this. And like, from what I know, from all my business experience, it's the person who like keeps going, who doesn't give up, who keeps like doing what you're doing right now is like, you'll be good. You're the type of person who will get past this. And I think that whether it's true or not, it's like that actually helped me keep remembering like why am I here why do I love mission why do I love these stories that we're telling like just remember why I'm here and like get out of all <coughs> the yeah the hard things that like get out of that mindset for a little bit so I think that's the encouragement that really helped me that maybe some people don't need that but I personally like it helps knowing that people are on my side in my court and like betting on me to figure it out um so yeah I think it could have changed things a little bit and it also I made guess. me do things very different different this time around like that was because it happened the way it did in 2020 with all the stuff that went on it made me operate very differently this time I mean when when those lawsuits dropped on us when you were here at the studio in Austin I mean I think I acted pretty freaking quick when it came to like calling in my like the people that I was connected with no, and you asked asking for help, for help right away yeah because yeah, I, I did mean, not know how to think I've never been through it I was like I don't know what to do I've never been I've never been hostile taken over of anything so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like my mind was not working well, like when that many things are happening to you at once, I don't feel like you can, I didn't have time to stop. I didn't have time to pause and think. And so the best thing I could do was just call the people who I knew who had been in many lawsuits with their oh, own companies. And like for everyone else who's listening, for everyone else who's listening, I'm going to add another dimension to that story. If you've picked up on it, if you haven't go check the last episode, which is um, at the time when this all was going down on uh, Steph also did not have possession of her children. They were visiting yeah. their dad. So Mm -hmm. You're getting sued. You're getting fired. You're getting sh everything's getting shut down. Banks are kicking you out. Everything's happening, and you don't have your kids. And they're supposed to come back. And he's not communicating. And that was yep. just to add a little layer to the stress. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was like that took it to a different level. You bring my kids in, like, woo, you're done. But yeah, I mean, I, I think about that first phone call I made, and it's like they would tell me to do something. My friend Rod, he goes, "You go call your bank account right now, and you tell them to flag that." account and turn it off and it's like i needed someone to literally be like now go do give that now steps. and call me back just give me some yep. steps and I, so i went i did it i called them it's like okay i'm back like rod what do i do now he's like now you go and call this person right now and you get this lawyer on the phone so it's like i needed someone who could just like walk me through it like a kid of just like do this and then call me back don't call me back till you're done doing this piece right here like and so that was the help that i did not even think to call in before and it just felt like everything was on fire and i was just kind of watching it slowly burn back in the day whereas this time i actually feel like i jumped right into action and was able to prevent probably some pretty shitty things from happening if we didn't do that like if we didn't quickly start 
acting, I actually don't know where this company would be right now because I think it would have had irreparable damage done to it if I hadn't acted quickly. Yeah, for sure. That's probably a lesson right there for anybody. It's like there's a lot of things and like is is there's I've heard it used at some companies they say they talk about they have a a bias for action, which is like they if 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 you don't know what to do, do something and it'll probably be better Just than do something pontificating yeah. about it. Yeah. And I mean I I think that's freezing is true. the worst. Like, I think freezing is freezing is the worst. And as a woman, that's the first thing that I think women sometimes it's easy for us to go to that to like just freeze and be like, okay, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. My like someone has my kids and like it's just you just freeze. I do anyways. And so I have to push myself to not freeze. Like that's why I quickly act now because I'm like, I will never fucking freeze again like I didn't back in the day. I will act every single time, even if it's not the best decision right now, I will do this. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a bias to action is typically beneficial. Uh, you know, because people talk about like um, like business decorum, personality, like kindness. It's like uh, I I'm not saying you're wrong, but I also see a lot of people that are, maybe they're not the kindest people mm-hmm. get stuff done. And mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm not an advocate for like berating people, but like when you're in crisis, I feel like you have to take actions that you believe are going to work out. Um, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I just, it's, it's just tough to see a scenario where you're better off doing nothing. That seems, that's, that seems like a bad plan. Never. I, I, <laughs> that, that seems like a, that's a, that's a good piece of advice right there. We're going to leave it at that um, because I do want to, in the next episode, talk about like what this show is going to be. I feel like now we've caught a lot of people up and we have so yeah. much more catching up to do and so many more stories and things like this where we're going to probably be reflecting on every move that we're making and deciding whether we think it's good or not. Um, but yeah, tune in to the next episode to hear kind of like what is Mission Daily. For real, for real, we will actually tell you what this show is actually going to be going. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm still learning myself. <laughs> See you there. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.